Hello everyone and welcome to the first ever episode of Best Virginia. My name is Jordan and I'll be your host each week as we dissect a unique piece of the wild and wonderful state of West Virginia's rich history and folklore. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the one and only Mothman. But before we get into all that, I'd like to give you guys a little bit of a background on myself and the show. I'm a West Virginia native, born and raised, and I've lived here my whole life. And something I've noticed over the years is that despite our rich culture, West Virginia doesn't have the best reputation, which is what inspired me to do this podcast in the first place. As some of y'all might know, West Virginia is filled with stories and history, conspiracies, folklore, all around the state. So I've made it my goal with this podcast to reach out to people, to encourage people to reach out to me, because despite living here my whole life, I don't know everything. Uh, A lot of what I know is confined to the southern part of the state where I grew up and what I've read on my own. So with that being said, if you are from a different part of the state or if you know something that you think I might not know, please reach out. Let me know. I'll look into it. Um, My goal for this show is to educate and entertain you guys about our great state. Now, when I was trying to choose a topic for my first ever episode, the main question I asked myself was, Do I want to start off with something well-known, or do I want to start off with something obscure? My first instinct was to go with something obscure. I have tons of ideas in my back pocket. However, I thought it would be best to test the waters with something that a lot of people might know something about. And, you know, the Mothman is is a great topic to do that with um, because it's been portrayed in media, uh, there was a movie with Richard Gere titled The Mothman Prophecies, um, which is actually based on the book, which we'll be talking about a little bit today. And and there are lots of schools of thought about the Mothman, and uh, which range from aliens to conspiracy to mutant moths to a complete hoax. And what I'd like to do today is look at different pieces of all those things but what we can all agree on is that there's definitely a lot of mystery surrounding the mothman our story begins in november 1966 in the eastern riverside town of point pleasant the first official sighting was on november 15th when two couples from point pleasant roger and linda scarberry and Stephen mary mallet were driving around what was called the tnt area which was a former munitions depot from world war ii in what is now a portion of the McClintic Wildlife Station. As the couples were driving around, they noticed that their headlights landed on what they called a large flying man with a 10-foot wingspan and eyes that glowed red from their headlights. From their report, the creature followed them until they reached town, at speeds of up to 100 miles per hour. According to Wikipedia, three days before that, five men were digging a grave in Clendenin, West Virginia, in a cemetery when they noticed a man-like figure flying low from above the trees. However, most sources consider the November 15th sighting from the two couples, Scarberry and Mallet, as the first official sighting. Shortly after that, it seemed like everyone started seeing the Mothman. On November 17th, across the river from the TNT area, a local music teacher named Mrs. Ray Gross reported waking up at approximately 4.45 a.m. to her dog barking. She went to check out what was happening, and when she looked out the window, she reported seeing an enormous object hovering at treetop level across Route 7. She described the object as circular, 
the size of a small house and brilliantly illuminated, dividing into sections glowing with dazzling red and green light. Later that afternoon in Cheshire, Ohio, nearby, a young boy, 17 years old, reported that while he was driving down Route 7, a huge bird swooped down towards his car and began following him for about a mile or so. After stories of the creature began to surface around town, a local contractor named Noel Partridge came forth with his own story. He reported that while he was inside watching TV, the television began making a strange buzzing noise along with a weird pattern on the screen. He then heard his dog Bandit outside barking. As he went outside to see what was going on, he shined a flashlight over at his field where he noticed glowing red eyes like bicycle reflectors. He then noticed that he couldn't find Bandit and that there was a path of paw prints leading to near his barn. However, the tracks went in circles and never seemed to leave the area. On November 18th, two volunteer firemen reported seeing a large bird with red eyes. On November 20th, nearby in Campbell's Creek, five teenagers were driving along when they spotted a man-sized bird-like creature beside a rock quarry which turned and scurried into the woods. Four days later, two adults and two children were driving past the TNT area when they saw a giant flying creature with red eyes. For the most part, the descriptions of the creature seemed to match up with most people saying that the creature was approximately 6 to 7 feet tall, was man-like or humanoid, with an up to 10 foot wingspan. Most people said that it was gray or black or dark brown, with glowing red eyes, and on a couple reports, flying really quickly, up to 100 miles an hour. Um, some people also said that the noise that the creature makes is maybe not quite what you would think. I was expecting like a roar or like a screech, but... Reports say that he squeaks like a mouse. Not necessarily terrifying, but to me that makes it more believable. Despite the multiple sightings, and with most people being pretty confident in what they saw, there were still some skeptics. Mason County Sheriff George Johnson went on record saying that he believed that the sightings were an unusually large heron or a shite poke, as it's commonly known. Wildlife biologist Robert L. Smith at WVU stated that the descriptions of the sightings fit the description of a sandhill crane, which is a large American crane as tall as a man with a 7-foot wingspan. The Sandville crane has large red circles around its eyes, which can kind of go along with the reported glowing red eyes. Mr. Smith believed that the bird had wandered out of its migration route because it's not recognized to be native to that region. On December 15, 1967, exactly 13 months after the first documented sighting of the Mothman, the Silver Bridge collapsed. The bridge was constructed in 1928 and connected the towns of Point Pleasant, West Virginia and Gallipolis, Ohio across the Ohio River along U.S. Route 35. In 1971, during a wreckage analysis of the bridge, it was determined that the collapse was due to a single defective link on the Ohio side, which started out as a small crack at a bearing through fretting wear and grew through stress corrosion cracking. Now, if you're new to this story, you're probably wondering what the hell this has to do with the Mothman. But I can assure you that on December 15, 1967, and the days that followed, that is not what the people of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, were thinking. They knew that the Mothman had something to do with this tragedy. Initially, people were quick to blame the Mothman, saying that he somehow destroyed the bridge, causing the death of 46 people. However, as time went on, people began to see the Mothman as a sort of premonition, as a warning that somehow he was trying to warn the people that a tragedy was about to happen. Today I have with me a special guest here to tell the story of her family's connection to the Silver Bridge Collapse. Everyone give it up for my fiancé, Chelsea. Hey 
everyone. What's up? So, Chelsea, how are you today? I'm good. Just trying to stay safe now that everything's reopening and things are getting crazy, but doing good. How are you? Hanging in there just the same. So, when I first told you I was doing this topic, you told me that you had a cool story with your family about the Mothman and about the Silver Bridge collapse. Yeah, so my grandpa was actually on the entrance ramp to the bridge when it collapsed. He was the next person who would be getting on. He saw the whole thing happen. Um, it, you know, of course, obviously that was way before I was born, and I, he passed away shortly after I heard the story, so I never really got to talk to him much about it, but... From what I've heard, you know, from my dad and the rest of my family, um, it was pretty wild. I really can't imagine what he went through, you know, having to to see all of that and see the wreckage. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it hits a little closer to home because of that. Right. Well, that is a really cool story. Um, and I can't imagine being on the entrance ramp, waiting to get on the bridge and it collapsed. You know, there were 46 people that died on that bridge. And for days, they were pulling cars out of the river. So your grandpa was really lucky. Yeah. Um, like I said, you know, I've really only heard it from my family's perspective. And he he was working out of town at the time. And they knew that he would be coming that direction to get home. So when they heard about the collapse on the radio, because that was, you know, the biggest source of news then... Um, you know, my dad, his siblings, my grandma, they all started panicking, not knowing if he was on the bridge because they knew that the timing would be just about right for him to have been on it. Um, and, you know, of course, before the cell phone era, they just had to sit and wait to see if he would come home. And then a few hours later, uh, he finally made it. He had to, you know, take detours and, and wait for everything to open back up. But, yeah, um just a really kind of crazy experience. I can't even imagine what he went through. Oh, absolutely. That'd be nerve-wracking. However, one of my favorite parts of this story is how you learned about it. <laughs> yeah, so I was I was in high school by this time, and, and I had a, an English teacher who was obsessed with all types of folklore, but especially like West Virginia. And it was Halloween spooky season, so that was mostly what we were reading and going over in class at the time. And we start talking about the Mothman, and she's telling us the story of the bridge collapse, and she, you know, just kind of makes an offhanded comment. She says, yeah, um, there's a guy from town here who, he was, like, on the ramp to the bridge, he barely missed it think he's still alive, but I don't really know his name. Um, but, you know, he, he lives here in Elizabeth. So I'm thinking that I'm, like, really cool for hearing this. I go home telling my parents all about it. And my dad says, you know who that was, don't you? I said, well, no. Like, did you not listen to the whole story? And he said, well, that was your grandpa. So at this point, I'm, like, 15 years old just hearing this for the first time. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of ironic how it was my high school English teacher who told me that rather than my own family. Wow. 
Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that with us. We appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. So, wow. I love hearing stories that people have about different things like that. I can't imagine watching something so traumatic happen with so much casualty and being able to just drive away and be like, wow, I'm really lucky. And unfortunately for the town of Point Pleasant, not everyone was able to say that. Lots of people in the town lost people that they loved, people that they were close to. And they were reaching out, looking for different explanations of why this happened. So it was natural for them to start to believe that the Mothman served as a sort of premonition, a, try to, a, way, a way to try to warn people of saying, you know, something bad's really about to happen. And believe it or not, the town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, is not the only ones who've thought that about this particular type of monster. According to IB Times, following the 1986 nuclear power plant explosion in Chernobyl, Ukraine, workers started saying that they, in the days leading up to the explosion, they started noticing what ended up being called the Blackbird of Chernobyl, but they described it strikingly similar to the Mothman, saying that it was six to seven feet tall, man-like, gray or black, and it was hovering over top of one of the reactors days before the explosion. There are also other vague sightings reported uh, from around the country of the United States um, saying that a Mothman-like creature would appear days or weeks before uh, another bridge collapse or some sort of tragedy in small towns. However, between the years 2011 and 2017, there were 29 reported sightings of a Mothman-like creature in and around the city of Chicago, Illinois. According to NPR news site WBEZ, these sightings occurred usually around bodies of water, um, around bridges, around rivers. While there was never any huge tragedy to define this, these sightings, um, it was still pretty odd. They were calling it the Mothman of Chicago. And if you take a look at that site, some of it's pretty comical. Um, one of the statements was that they were unsure whether it was the same subspecies of Mothman or if it was the same Mothman or if none of it was real at all. Next, I'd like to take a little bit of time and talk about John A. Keel's 1975 book, The Mothman Prophecies. Now, if you haven't had a chance to check that out yet, I highly recommend it. It's very thorough, very detailed, and it follows John Keel through his investigations of the Mothman sightings. Now, John Keel is a ufologist and journalist. He arrived to town shortly after these reported sightings in search of UFO relations. John Keel had spent much time in the surrounding areas of West Virginia, such as Parkersburg, and onto the northern part of the state. He had checked out different, si different sightings, different reports. One of the points that he had to make was that all these sightings sounded pretty familiar to him. The idea of a bird-like man or a man-like bird, those date back to ancient times, and as far as cave drawings even. And if we look at that, it's, there's been a lot of debate in the, in the UFO community um, of whether these are premonitions or extra-dimensional beings or whether they are destructive or if they're just here to live their lives just the same as us. Another familiar component about this case was the idea of men in black. Now, you might have heard of this from the movie or just 
general terms of, you know, the stereotypical government agents or people that appear to be government agents to show up. They look like they have authority, so you do exactly what they say, or they wipe your memory. And it appeared that this was happening in Point Pleasant in the late 60s. There were several reports of men in black coming to people's doorsteps, um, seemingly threatening them, but they always were around witnesses or people that had reports of the creature and would seem to try to persuade people to recant their statements or to stop making statements. One thing was consistent across these reports. The men were always dressed to the nines. They always had suits on, black suits, black hats, dark hair. They always drove nice black cars that resembled Volkswagens or Lincolns. And they always appeared ominous, almost robotic. The opening chapter of the Mothman Prophecies sees John Kill himself being mistaken for a man in black. Now, Mr. Kill coined that term himself. There were similar sightings of men in black in surrounding areas. Now, if you're interested in that, I definitely recommend this book. I mean, he goes into great detail. He was the one investigating this. It's the most thorough investigation of the Mothman situation. Um, great read and great material. Now, lastly, I'd like to talk about the town of Point Pleasant as a whole. Um, it's really a great town. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to check it out. Um, it's got this really small town feel, but there's a lot of history involved. Um, a lot of the town's attractions center around the Mothman and its lore. One of the biggest attractions is the Mothman Museum. Inside, you'll find lifelike Mothman suits, men in black suits. You'll find newspaper articles from the time. Um, including original statements. And in the town of Point Pleasant, every year they hold the annual Mothman Festival. One of the co-founders of the Mothman Festival, Miss Carolyn Harris, previously owned the Harris Steakhouse, a.k.a. the Mothman Diner. She opened the diner in 1969, following the deaths of her young son and her late husband in the Silver Bridge Collapse. Props to this woman for being able to embrace that part of her history and a part of her life and be able to share it with others and be able to capitalize on that and bring joy to others. Miss Harris died in 2016, which led to the closing of her restaurant. Props from her restaurant were donated to the Mothman Museum. The Mothman Festival is hosted the third weekend of every September, which I won't get to go this year because that's also the weekend of my wedding. However, I'll definitely be going next year. Also, who knows if it's going to happen this year anyway with all the COVID-19 stuff going on. At the annual Mothman Festival, you'll be able to find food vendors, you'll be able to find live music, lots of history, lots of vendors. Just really a great time all around. Also, there's the Silver Bridge Memorial, which you'll find that details the collapse of the Silver Bridge. And at the center of the town is the Mothman statue. People come from all over the country just to see this statue and take selfies with it. And even better yet, the Mothman Museum has a moth cam which overlooks the statue, so you can log on anytime on mothcam.com, excuse me, mothmanmuseum.com, and click on the moth cam link and be able to watch that live feed and see people from all over the place taking selfies, which I think is pretty cool, but also creepy.
but mostly cool. There's also the Mothman app, which is pretty much a museum link app. So you can download that for free off the Apple Store or off the Google Store and be able to check out the different things that the Mothman Museum has to offer. There's also the Mothman Urban Legends Bar and Grill. Haven't had a chance to check that out, but it sounds pretty cool. They have a lot of Mothman-themed food there. Which always sounds like a good time to me. One thing is for certain, that Point Pleasant has really been able to capitalize on Mothman sightings and just the story in general, and basically been able to use the Mothman as the mascot for the town, which has been really good for their commerce, for their economy, and just really brings, brings visitors to the town. But most of all, I think it's really cool that they've embraced this tragic part of their history and the deaths of those 46 people, and being able to have a little bit of fun with it. I think that's really important, being able to turn bad situations into good ones. You know, there was a lot of fear reported in this in these years of, the, of 66 and 67 in Point Pleasant. A lot of fear, a lot of sadness. But being able to have that festival each year, being able to celebrate, and have people come check stuff out, um, it, it just really puts a smile on my face. So if you guys are ever in or around the town of Point Pleasant and you're just wandering around or if you're in that TNT area checking out the McClintic Wildlife Station and you start hearing what you think is a mouse, you better watch out. It could be the Mothman. Well, I appreciate you guys joining me today. It's been a lot of fun. and I, Please excuse me. This is my first ever time doing this. Uh, so I was a little nervous. Um, and again, I feel like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour is not even enough time to talk about the Mothman. Just all the history involved, all of the all of the emotions that, that come up uh, in different people, especially those in the town of Point Pleasant. I mean, they're, they're, you could go on. I mean, there's literally been books written about this, about this thing, about uh, movies made about it. Um, you know, just uh, there's a festival. I mean, it, tons of stuff. I mean, there there's a lot of information out there. So... Um, you know, that, I'm here to get you guys interested. Uh, if, if, if you guys liked what I had to talk about today, do a little bit of research yourself. And if you, if there's anything that you wish I would have went, in, went into more detail with or that you feel like I left out or got wrong, feel free to let me know. I, I, I do well with criticism. If there's anything that you guys want to hear, please let me know. I mean, that's, that's one of my goals with this show is to have people reach out to me and let me know what they want to hear. Or if they have stories, or if they want to be a guest, let me know. I think that would be tons of fun. I mean, that's that's what this is all about. Being able to have fun and be able to entertain you guys, being able to educate you guys a little bit, and offer you a little bit of just little deep dives into the history of West Virginia. There's tons of it out there. I mean, you know, in future episodes, I'd like to talk about the Battle of Blair Mountain. I'd like to talk about the Grafton Monster. I want to talk about some history, along with some monsters. I love monster stories. I love ghost stories. You know, I I want to talk about Manny Thurman. Um, I I just want to talk about all that stuff. I want to share all that stuff with you guys. And, you know, we had my fiancé, Chelsea, on here with us today. That was a lot of fun. I think, you know, these types of shows work better as conversations. And, you know, I want to have conversations with you guys. Reach out to me. Um, if there's anything you want to hear, please let me know. Um, 
you know, like I said, that's that's what this is all about. I've spent my whole life here, and this is, you know, this it just really is great to me. It's uh, this state's beautiful, um, you know, and it it doesn't get represented well a lot of times. I know we were, you know, when when I talk to people from different places, you know, they're you know, I always tell them where I'm from, and the first thing they say is, I'm sorry, a lot of times. And that's because they don't know any better. I think this is a good way, not only for people around the state, but people from outside the state, to be able to see what we're all about, you know, like to get interesting little tidbits of our history. You know, I think, I, I just think that would be great. I want I want people to know who we are. I think, I think we deserve it. You know, you look at, uh, there's been a couple attempts here and there. I mean, if you look at the Fallout 76 game that came out a couple years ago, they tried with that, I guess. Um, it didn't turn out so well, but they really tried to incorporate little pieces of our history that a lot of people don't know so much about. I mean, I think there's there's a lot of it out there. Um, I've talked to people from other states, and they have some stories that they that they tell us, but nobody that I've met from any other place has been able to tell me as many stories as people I meet from this state. And I just think that's something great, you know, even from the birth of our state, you know, we're kind of, you know, we're kind of caught in the middle. We are, we're out there, you know, and I love that about us. You know, our slogan is wild and wonderful, and that's exactly what we are. Um, But yeah, I, this has been a lot of fun, and I look forward to doing this every week for you guys and with you guys. Like I said, shoot me a message, get involved, I, please. I, I I would love to hear from you guys. And I'd love to do this with you guys. I, if, if you want to meet up, if you want to do a phone call or something, let me know. Let me know if we can work that out. You know, well, I, like I said, guys, this has been a ton of fun. I really appreciate you guys listening to me tonight. I hope you guys had as much fun as I did. And I'll see you next week.